Brother Ben has, over the last several weeks, shared with us the scriptures, the Bible, with regard to the roles and functions of elders in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm very grateful to the work that he put into preparing these times of instruction. For I'm very grateful that what he has set before us has consistently been the explanation of God's Word. That it's been the Bible that he has based everything that he has set before us. Today I, I want to talk about our response. How, how we as a church, how, how this, this applies to us. How, how we react. And as, as what Brother Ben has said to us consistently over the last several weeks has been based upon the Bible, our response must likewise be what the Bible, what God's Word tells us should be our role. God tells us by His Word that He has given us the gift of elders that He has gifted to fulfill these roles and functions. And God's Word tells us how He intends for His church to respond, to react to that role, that office that He has ordained among His men. And so I'll speak to you today from 1 Timothy chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 13, James chapter 5, and who knows where else. For God's Word sets before us very plainly that our role as the body of Christ, the saints, the members of the body, that we are to respect, we are to honor our elders. We are to provide for them. That is, we are to compensate them. We are, in fact, to provide oversight of the overseers. We are to submit obey. We are to give them joy and we are to call upon them to minister to us in our need. Reading from 1 Timothy chapter 5 at verse 17 and I, I, would, I would hope you would appreciate that as, as I prepared to speak to you this morning I, I, I came close to having to read the whole New Testament to you. Because these things of which I speak are, 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 are throughout the New Testament. These, these are not uh, uh, specific, brought out uh, uh, responses or applications of God's Word, but rather these are instances that I use to tell you that this is the teaching that it comes to us throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament. So we read in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Verse 17, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence or two or three witnesses. And so the first role, if you will, of God's people before the elders that God has ordained in His church 
is to afford them honor, respect. I like the word deference. You don't hear that word very often. It's not a, a word that we use every day. As a matter of fact, it's not a word that we practice every day. But the idea of honor, of respect, of deference, is first of all, the assumption of being correct. That is, that there is a primary, <clears throat> fundamental, underlying expectation that the elder, that God has ordained in his church, will be true, will provide that guidance, that leadership in a correct right manner. That is the first assumption. And it will take it will take some doing. It will take some real evidence to bring us to the place of saying, perhaps he's erred, perhaps he's made a mistake there. But the first response, the the honor, the respect, the deference that is shown towards the elder is one of being fundamentally right, correct in that which he leads. Those elders who rule well are deserving, are deserving of this respect, this honor. They have earned it. It is theirs by right. And to withhold it is to rob them of what is theirs by right of having earned it. So we speak of the elders who rule well. Now, it's... it's uh, it's easy to jump on this word rule and say, and say, well, this is uh, this is an idea that this is the the uh, the head guy, the, the the ruler. He's in charge. Uh, he has the final say. But actually, this this isn't the idea that comes across at all. And, Again, it's one of the misconceptions that comes to us through popular society. For, for in fact, the idea of a ruler is first of all, primarily, one who cares for, one who takes care of, one who provides for those whom he rules. And so the idea of a ruler just because some have misused this title, this role, some have uh, uh, taken the, the place of a ruler to be that of a despot, to be a dictator, just because these things are misused doesn't mean that we have to then throw them out the window. And so it is that we continue to understand that this, this elder who rules well is, is really, it, 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 it does us no good to say an elder who elders well. 
But that's what it's saying. An elder who fulfills the roles and functions that God has assigned for him, the elder who elders well, is deserving of this double honor. And so, go back through your notes, go back through your scriptures, all that that Brother Ben talked about over the last several weeks. The elder who performs these well, deserving double honor. Now these elders are further identified here in 1 Timothy chapter 5 as especially those who labor in the work of preaching and teaching. This is, this is pretty much self-explanatory, but I do want to draw out for you specifically the word labor. And I want to help bring you to an understanding that the office of the elder of the church is no easy task. It is a work. It does require effort. It requires work. The, uh, the amount of time amount of effort that goes into preparation of, of any one of these messages, these lessons that have been brought before you in the last several weeks is, um, well, you probably wouldn't believe how much time goes into that preparation. But not only that, and I won't belabor this, but being the ministers of your soul is a labor that is carried around 24-7, to use a popular phrase. You belong to the elders of your congregation every day of your life. They carry you around with them. And while this is not the labor of preaching and teaching, it is quite often the labor that goes into the preaching and teaching. It's the labor that goes into ruling. It's the labor that goes into leading and eldering. It's the labor that goes into caring for. Caring for you, caring for your soul. The elder who elders well is worthy. He has earned honor. But not just honor, but double honor. There's a reason the Bible makes this so very strong, so very emphatic. For truly we honor other other people, other men among us. And, and, and usually it's, um, you know, we want to honor the, the elders of our family, whether it be a, a grandfather, a father, a mother, a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle. Um, the, um, we have our social organizations where there will be those that will take upon themselves the responsibility of 
of providing the leadership, the guidance, the work in these things, and, and we pay them respect. But whatever that looks like, however that works out to have that respect, that honor for, for some other person, the elder that God has ordained in the body of Christ is worthy of twice as much. And so everything I've said, you have to double it. That idea that, that first of all, what he says and where he leads is probably the right place, the right thing, that's, that's really, really strong. It's not easily disturbed, not easily broken. To understand, to appreciate, to acknowledge, to, to have that respect comes from that double honor. But you know, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but very quickly the scripture now turns to that that double honor looks like in a paycheck. And simply, simply God's word says that the workman is worthy of his hire. So this is, this is a, a, another use of this word worthy. And so the elder, the elders well, and that is worthy of double honor, double honor, is worthy of the body providing for his physical needs. We'll talk some more about that maybe later on. But also, here, we find that the Bible says that the body, the church, we together corporately, we, we are to provide oversight for the overseer, if you will. For we the, the need to, specifically the need to bring charges against an elder is addressed not only here, but at other times in, in the New Testament. So, so it, there's obviously a need here, obviously something that, that has to be addressed. And it's a good thing it's in the Bible because it's going to come up because the elders are men. The elders are men. And as you ladies are so quick to remind us, men make mistakes. Yeah. And so, worthy of double honor, amen. Worthy of being compensated for his work, yes. Right 100% of the time? No. 100% of the elders being 100% right 100% of the time? No. And so it is that there are going to be those occasions when it's going to be necessary to seek to correct, right? To, to put back into line that elder who has 
who has erred, who has, has deviated. So this charge, God's word has very, very uh, graciously, very mercifully, very good given to us that this will be brought before two or three witnesses. A, a, a great practice, a very, a very uh, loving practice. For this is a standard that provides protection for everybody. A means of protection for the elder who's being charged. For this will protect the elders from those frivolous, fabricated, carrying tales kind of charges. If we will be obedient to this charge, to this command, to this instruction from the New Testament, the kinds of things that we have experienced as a people over the course of the last year would never have happened. Can you see it? On more than one occasion, during my tenure, as associate pastor, people came to me with complaints, charges. In every instance, I directed that person, do what the Bible says do. Take this concern. If it's an offense against you, Go talk to the individual personally. If you, if you can't find a resolution, let me know. We'll go together. Never, never once, to my knowledge, did that ever take place. It's, it's simply a matter. Just do what the Bible says. If there's a problem, if you, if you believe that, that you have discerned a problem and error here, the reason God has appointed His elders in the church is that you might go to them. You might go to them and bring this concern. That, that, that two or three other people can, can be there and can hear what's being said. And the, the wisdom, the discernment of this, this, this group can be applied to the matter. For, for our goal, is not our goal to redeem, to resolve, to, to, to correct, or is it to tear down? Is it to, is it to show how smart I am by, by tearing down the other one? Now that's, that's the way we usually work. You know it is. But if we will just obey, just do, what the scripture calls us to. For this, this protects the one who's being charged. It protects the one who is bringing the charge. Right? You're going to do this in front of two or three witnesses before the elders of the church. Right? The other two or three are, are witnesses. So who's receiving the charge? The elders. And so this will protect the one who brings the charge 
that what he is saying is now understood, is heard. There's, there's no possibility of, of uh, misunderstanding, of misquoting, of, uh, of finding fault. The charge has been brought in, in accordance with Scripture and it must be dealt with in accordance with Scripture. Amen? So this is a, this is a God has, God has been merciful in this. It protects the elder against whom the charge is brought. It protects the person who's bringing the charge. And it protects the elders of the church in that all that transpires now in this matter of bringing the charge is done before two or three witnesses. There is no favoritism. There's no, there's no hiding what's going on. There's no, there's no sweeping it under the rug. Huh? We familiar with that process? Don't answer. God is good to us. God is good. He loves us. He's good to us. And He has provided. He has provided the elders that He has gifted to provide oversight of His people, to care for His people, to teach and to preach, to care for your souls. And God has provided this this quick little, quick little sentence here that does so much to protect us in every regard. Praise God for His blessing, His mercy, His grace, and His love. Where were we? Hebrews chapter 13. Remember, chapter 13, verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Verse 7, the apostle, the writer of the book of Hebrews is writing to this congregation, encouraging them to keep in mind to remember those leaders who have gone before. Those preachers and teachers, those elders that had been in the congregation, that had guided them in the past, taught them the Word of God, that you should now consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Well, let me tell you what the outcome of their way of life was. It was execution. This was written at a time <clears throat> when the Roman Empire was persecuting Christians. And these leaders that they're encouraged to remember, these leaders that they're told to keep in mind the outcome of their, their life of faith, they were killed for it. They were put to death. They died because of their faith. 
Now, how how serious how serious is is this uh, is this teaching when we're told now and imitate their faith? Pretty serious. This is not this is not a casual idea here. Throughout the book of Hebrews, which by the way, it's just such a marvelously wonderful theological, doctrinal exposition of God's grace towards His people. <clears throat> and this, this final chapter, this final chapter that gives us so much of, of how, how this works out in our lives. that the degree to which we are called to faith, the, the, the manner in which we conduct our lives, our faith in Jesus Christ, is to be faithful even unto death. For such was certainly the life of our Savior. And certainly we can remember, we can remember those martyrs who have gone before in the church, we can appreciate, while we may yet not be called to put our heads on the chopping block, to imitate their faith may well require a measure of suffering that might well approach wishing otherwise. So God's word is, is very, very serious here, very, very uh, important that we hear this teaching, which then continues for us in verse 17, where we are called now to obey Obey your leaders and submit to them. There, there, there cannot be, there should not be any question that this word leaders is intended to mean those elders whom God has ordained over his church for these are the leaders who speak the word of God to you. These are the leaders who are called to keep watch over your souls. This certainly follows naturally on what has already been taught throughout the book of Hebrews and specifically in chapter 13. But be sure, while this is a come short of a command, that yet Scripture does call upon the elders of God's church that they will command the church. Imitate, imitate their example. 
do so of your own initiative. Let it be your natural, normal reaction to imitate the example that you see your elders setting. And remember I talked about the, the respect, the honor, being, being that which, which you accord them just out of respect to expect that they're leading and guiding, teaching the right. So it is that in Hebrews chapter 13, we're told to let them do this with joy. One of our responsibilities as the people of God, as His church, is that our elders will elder us, will provide that oversight, that teaching and preaching, and will do so with joy. Ben and I have worked together for now six or seven years. And we have, we have truly worked together. Uh, we, we established between us very early on that we would be frank with each other. Sometimes he's frank and I'm Alex. No, 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 that's right. No, no. The, uh, but we would be open and honest. What was the, no, no, no pretenses. And sometimes, sometimes we fall short of that. But most of the time, if we do, the other one will call us to task. And sometimes, sometimes, we will get so aggravated with each other that we can't hardly stand to be in their presence. You've heard of the the jaw tightening. Huh? I mean, it's just... And yet, and yet, and yet, we have never, we have never lost the joy of working together. We've never lost the fulfillment, the satisfaction of serving the Lord and His people as brothers in Christ. Now, why do I say that? I say that because you can be every bit as aggravated as you might get with the elders of your church. And you do not need to lose the joy or to cause them to lose the joy of being God's people, of serving Him, of being His church of being brothers and sisters in Christ. Now that's not the way of the world. The way of the world is, I'm fed up with you. I'm finished. We're done. I'm not going to have anything more to do with you. I'm out of here. But the way of Christ, the obedience the submission, the imitation of faith, and the joy comes from God's Word. Living in that faith 
living in Jesus Christ. Living in the Holy Spirit of God. You, you see how very different that is from the world. James chapter 5. If anyone, is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Verse 13, James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. We have a responsibility to be obedient to the Scriptures, to the Bible, God's Word, to be obedient that in our time of need, we are to call the elders of the church. Call the elders of the church to pray. Call the elders to be the shepherd of the flock. Call the elders. To provide that care, that 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 presence, and this may come as a surprise to you, but the elders that are ordained by God to provide oversight of His church, they want you to call them. They find joy in your calling. They are fulfilled when you call them. When there is a need in your family, when you have a need, call the elders of your church that they can be your shepherd. They can be the under-shepherd of Christ. They can come and, and lay hands upon you encourage you, to lift you up, to pray for God's mercy upon you. I, I've always been kind of, I don't know, never understood that great reluctance that so many have to call upon the elders of the church. And I also Again, this is just part of our society. But this, um, the, the call, literally call, telephone, right? Um, and, and the question is, what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You see, the question, what are you doing? The response then, you will decide whether what he is doing is more important than what you have for him to do. What are you doing? No, what are you doing? State the need. My brother, we have a need. Will you come and pray for us? It's going to take me half an hour, 40 minutes. I need a shower. <laughs> Submit? Are you hearing this? 
You hear this? Submit, obey, call. Right? The shepherd might come and shepherd you. Your, your elders want, desire, find joy and fulfillment. For they are blessed to be the ministers of God's love and mercy to you in your time of need. Last reading, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And as we read this, I would ask you to think back. Think back on what we've talked about this morning. You can even think back on the things that Ben has talked about over the last several weeks. The respect, the honor, the pay, the oversight, the ministry, the obedience, the submission, the imitation, following their example. Verse, verse 12, following in 1 Thessalonians 5. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. All of these things are a matter of the heart before they're ever a matter of the hand. These things must come from you. Come from your heart. Come from your faith, your belief before they ever have any effectiveness in the way of practice. The relationship of the believer, the follower of Jesus Christ to the elders that God has ordained in the church is first and foremost a relationship of love. Jesus gave only one command and the Holy Spirit confirms it through the writings of the apostles. Love one another. When we get this right, when we are so thoroughly taken with the magnitude of God's love for us, when we grasp the depths of our own sin from which we've been saved, when we live in such awe of the outpouring of God's love for us, that it simply must overflow into our love for others. Sinners just like ourselves, sinners saved by God's grace, justified by the blood of Christ, sanctified by the Spirit of God, called to faithfulness and obedience to His Word. When this is the Spirit, when these are the truths that overpower 
the selfishness, the jealousy, the envy that arise from within us so naturally. When God's love so consumes us, we will, without a pad of reluctance, race, run to esteem the elders very highly in love because of their work. And we will find that in so doing, we will have peace among ourselves. Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving for the gift of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.